Good evening, and thanks for joining us. We're looking uh, this evening at three prospective missionaries. We get to hear them testify of what God's doing in their respective countries. All three of them are native to their countries, and so we're grateful to be able to see what God has already done and what God is going to do. We're going to have uh, the Pizarro family from Puerto Rico, the Terran family from Uruguay, and the Aristide family from Haiti. Each one of them is going to present their ministry to us. Now, as they present the ministry, I want to explain to you just our missions process here at Grace Church. This morning during the Sunday school hour, they were connecting by Zoom to a number of our Sunday schools, uh, each one connecting to a different Sunday school. And how we go about bringing on missionaries here at Grace Church really is a process that's, that's careful, but it's also one that is uh, mindful of the, the different needs of certain missionaries. So when a, a missionary is introduced to Grace Church, they contact us, and then what we do is we have them fill out a very brief questionnaire. Once they fill out that questionnaire, uh, they're put into our process. Now, we have three Sundays each year, what we call World Mission Sundays. Today was one of those Sundays, and we were able to have an invitation sent to other missionaries who have completed that questionnaire, and then also who have been uh, reviewed by our missions committee. That committee consists of both pastors and laypersons who are looking at those uh, mission questionnaires. Also, they're in contact with the sending churches of those missionaries. It's one of the blessings that we have in our missions process to actually partner with the sending church of those particular missionaries. Many have mission boards, but all of them have a church that is sending them, that, that is doctrinally and really practically responsible for the ministry going forward for that missionary. And so what we want to do is to come alongside and, and bring support uh, the prayer support, spiritual support to that sending missionary and really get to know who these particular missionaries are. Once we've done that, then we extend that invitation for them to join us on those particular World Mission Sundays. We like to have them here in person so that they can meet you all, but with COVID and with travel regulations, we are, are really limited by Zoom. But praise God, we're able to at least be in contact with them, and they're able to, to share their work with us. So let's pray, and then we'll see, first of all, the Pizarro family from Puerto Rico. God, thanks for this day. Thank you for the word of God that's going forward to the uttermost parts of the world. We thank you that you are bringing up saints from every tribe, every tongue, and every nation to be able to reach souls where they are and where you are drawing them to. God, I pray that through this time that we might be able to uh, learn how we can pray for these men and women. We thank you for the families and the churches that are, that are really behind uh, these families going uh, to the mission field. And we pray for strength. We pray for spiritual strength as well, or that they might persevere well, especially during these difficult times. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's hear from the Pizarro family in Puerto Rico. God bless you. My name is Javier Pizarro, my wife Lisa, and our daughter Lisanette Marie. We are Pizarro family, missionaries to Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is a beautiful island located in the Caribbean Sea, 1,150 miles southeast of Florida. 
the island measures 100 miles by 35 miles, making it the smallest of the Greater Antilles. Puerto Rico became a territory of the United States in 1898 after the Spanish-American War. The official language are Spanish and English. Puerto Ricans are a mix of Taino Indians, Spanish, and African blood. 85% of Puerto Ricans claim to be Catholic, although many are not practicing. 65% of those who claim to be Christian are from Pentecostal and Charismatic churches, and 20,000 people are from Jehovah Witness sects. The demographic situation on the island is changing rapidly due to an economic crisis and devastation left by Hurricane Maria. My wife and I had planned to go to Dominican Republic to plant churches, but God had other plans for us. On September 20th, 2017, Puerto Rico was hit by Category 5 Hurricane Maria. Many months post Maria, thousands of people are still without the essential services of electricity and water in their homes. The hurricane left more than 4,600 deaths according to the University of Harvard investigation. In the first 24 hours after the storm, more than 900 people were missing. No electricity, no water, no cellular network, completely destroyed, meaning no communications, impossible streets, collapsed bridges, impossible highways, a gas shortage without police, without ambulance, without 911. There was no one to call for rescue, only God, the only one who doesn't need telecommunications to reach. The Bible says, a broken and contrite heart, oh God, thou wilt not despise. People were desperate and hopeless. The results of Hurricane Maria include, but are not limited to, 3,000 churches of all faith destroyed, diseases outbreaks across the island, mental health crisis, hundreds of suicides, increasing crime, and a massive exodus to the United States, including doctors, teachers, and also many believers. There are still more than 3 million inhabitants in Puerto Rico who do not have the possibility of leaving the island. Lisa and I are convinced that the problem facing Puerto Rico cannot be solved by buying a ticket for the United States, but by staying on the island and fighting to raise Puerto Rico. We do not want to waste this opportunity, and with your help and your prayers, we can make a change so that Puerto Rico reaches the feet of our Lord Jesus Christ. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. I am missionary Jeremy Markle, been serving in Puerto Rico since 2006 in Juana Diaz. Since that time, I've had the privilege of getting to know Javier and his wife, Lisa. We're so thankful for the ministry that they've had here on the island up until this point. During these months following the hurricane, Javier and Lisa committed their hearts more fully to full-time service here in Puerto Rico. Their church has sent them forth and they have taken the steps to join with Baptist World Mission for the purpose of serving God 
and representing his message here on the island. They're here with you today, representing their heart, seeking to return to Puerto Rico, to be faithful to share the gospel with the lost, as well as edify the saved. The Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, but sanctify the Lord in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you the reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. If you ask Javier and Lisa today, why would they return to an island that was just devastated with a storm? They would share with you it's because they have the hope of the gospel. It's a hope that they can share with those who have no hope. It is for that reason that they present their ministry and their family to you. And I would encourage you to follow God's leading in considering having them join with you in the ministry of the Great Commission. We're thankful to know them. We're anxiously awaiting their return to work as God chooses here on the island to reach the lost with the gospel as well as edify the saved with the word of God. Please encourage them while they're with you and let them be an encouragement to you. May God bless. Hello, my name is missionary Steve Kalkovisk. I've been here in Puerto Rico as a missionary for over 25 years. About 10 years ago, I met Javier. He's been a great blessing to the work here in Puerto Rico. He has great gifts of evangelism. One thing that impressed me about him, he did not have to wait till Thursday night to go on visitation, but he would voluntarily on his own go around his neighborhood uh, winning people to the Lord. Uh, we really need his help here in Puerto Rico. He has been doing work. He has preached in my church. He's done a great job. We're looking forward, especially now after this time of the devastation where many people were hurt and, uh, and lost their roofs and their homes and in uh, so much need after the devastation of the hurricanes Irma and Maria. And the, the island is really open and we hope that he'll come and help us reach uh, this island for Christ in this critical time, this, this time of opportunity. Please send, back, send him back to us to help us. Uh, the island needs him, we need him, the work of the Lord needs him here in Puerto Rico. I hope we'll see him soon, and we're really looking forward for him using his spiritual gifts of evangelism here to, uh, to raise up churches in Puerto Rico. Thank you. God bless. Last year at the Arch National Fellowship, we were able to meet Juan and Lisa. They were able to take part in that fellowship with uh, the other pastors. It was a blessing to hear uh, just what God has done since that hurricane, uh, but also uh, quite a burden in what is going forward. So let's keep them in our prayers. Now we'll hear from the Terran family, uh, missionaries to Uruguay. Uh, we'll see their video at this time. Hello, dear church family. We are Juan and Andrea Terran, national missionaries to Uruguay, South America, serving with International Partnership Ministries since 2015. Our daughter's name is Belen. Welcome to Uruguay, a small but modern country in South America. It borders with Argentina and Brazil. Uruguay is known for its beautiful beaches on the Atlantic Ocean, 
its world champion soccer, and its European-influenced culture. In South America, it is the most expensive country to live in because of the existing high prices for food, gas, and clothes. Uruguayans are highly educated people, but mostly atheist, liberal, and secular. Because of this, they are hardened to the gospel. Our family is called to preach the gospel based on the Lord's promise in Romans 10, 13, and 14. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? The Lord has called us to plant an independent Baptist church in the city of Nueva Palmira. Nueva Palmira is a port city of around 12,000 people. We found out there was no sound doctrine church in this city, and there is great need of the gospel. Many people are confused with false religions and occultism. Sadly, this city has one of the highest rates of suicide in the whole country, especially among young people. We found many people suffer from deep depression. With great burden, we have started serving the Lord in this town on December 2018. God has been so good to us, providing to rent a house big enough to live and have meetings in. The first semester of 2019 has been filled both with spiritual and material blessings. Our ministry started by going door to door, preaching the gospel to our neighbors. We have handed out more than 1,500 evangelistic tracts. On March, we started Sunday meetings. A small group of people came, and almost every Sunday we have new visitors. It is exciting to see how the Lord is working. People are getting saved and are slowly growing in the Lord. Shima was already a Christian but had no church to attend. She told us she had been praying for a sound doctrine church for many years. With tears, she gives testimony of answered prayer, and now she is so happy to be learning and growing again in the Lord. We're also having midweek discipleship Bible classes with new converts. Andrea's Sunday school class is growing, and the children that come are eager to learn more about God. We also look for opportunities to share with families in informal meetings, sharing a meal and good conversations. Our sending church in Colonia, about two hours away, helps us in evangelistic outreaches. We have made massive efforts of door-to-door -door visitation, children's activities, and special meetings. God has opened a new door on March 2020.
He provided for the rent of a bigger, storefront, well-located church building. We praise the Lord for this place he has given us and for the spiritual growth of the group as they become more involved in church. Because of COVID-19, we met online for some weeks. We have seen fruit during this difficult time. Thank you so much for your prayers. We praise the Lord for our supporting churches in the state. Thank you so much for standing by us in the ministry of church planting in Nueva Palmera, Uruguay. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Thank you for you generously giving towards ministry projects. Please pray for us for wisdom in every situation, love and compassion for the souls, that every conversation may lead to the gospel and for the provision of full financial support right now under 50%. Thank you for allowing us to be your representatives for the Lord in such a needy land. As I mentioned before, we have, when we have these folks presenting their ministries here, there's a process whereby they come and they, they present their ministry. So, like I said, uh, they submit that application to our church, just as far as their doctrinal statement, what they believe. Then we are in contact with their sending church, and our missions committee looks at their, their application, and it looks at, at their, their statement, just to make sure that, that we're in doctrinal agreement. And then they're able to visit here and present their ministries. Now, as they're presenting, I just wanted to be clear that these aren't missionaries that we're currently supporting. We have uh, upwards of 24, 25 different missionaries that we've been supporting. And these individuals, the, the Pizarros, the Terrans, and then in just a moment, the Aristides, uh, are not currently supported. However, this is one more step in the process for them to be considered for support. So just to be clear, this is the process. When, when we see uh, these folks and we, we pray for these folks, certainly they're brothers and sisters in Christ, but I also want to, to be clear that, that this is part of the steps that, that they're taking so that we can consider them to bring them on. Each year, our goal is to bring on two missionaries for the Lord, uh, two missionaries uh, for the Lord's service, I should say, and our missions committee takes into account uh, where those missionaries are in regards to their level of support, when they applied for support, and then also just uh, where we're currently supporting missionaries. Where in the world uh, are they uh, as far as who we're currently supporting and, and what needs already exist uh, in that particular area, or what needs have been met already. So I hope that's uh, clear just as far as how we go about bringing on missionaries here for Grace Church in that process. If you have any questions about that, I'd encourage you to see me or see Pastor Tim. And we'd love to be able to talk with you. If you're interested in being a part of that missions committee, if you're a member here at Grace Church and you are, are interested in wanting to invest more in missions, then please see me or Pastor Tim, and we'd love to be able to talk further about that. We have one more missionary that we're going to be hearing from this evening, uh, the, mission, the family, the Aristides from Haiti. I know I'm mispronouncing all of their last names because they have good ethnic flavor, and I'm just me. And so I'll let him do a better job of pronouncing his name and presenting his ministry. So we're thankful for the Aristide family and their mission to Haiti.
it is, as I said, a privilege to be here. Um, I grew up in Port-au-Prince, Haiti. I grew up for myself. I enjoyed music. I enjoyed soccer. I lived for those. But Pascal, Blaise Pascal, the French philosopher, said, in every human being, every man, every woman, there is a God-shaped vacuum that only God can fill. I had that void growing up. Missionaries came to my village in the north side of Port-au-Prince from Anderson, Indiana, and they planted the seeds of the gospel in my heart. In fact, um, I have, we have a short video I would like you to see, and then I will come back to tell you about what the Lord has us do in Haiti. So, brother, if you have the video, this is the MP4 video, please. About 600 miles off the coast of Florida lies the country of Haiti, the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. Poverty and political oppression here were so harmful that in the late 1980s and early 90s, over 40,000 Haitians tried to escape to the U.S. packed in small sailboats which were built for nearshore fishing, not for an ocean voyage. Many died at sea. Less than 20 years later, a magnitude 7 earthquake struck the nation's capital, killing 250,000. Sadly, the nation's poor were struck the hardest as their frail homes were the least able to withstand the forces. But even in the midst, the Haitians continued to be a proud people, hoping only for a decent life for their children. And no one would fault them if they left Haiti, seeking a better life elsewhere. But all of us would be shocked if someone who had escaped the misery chose to come back and serve those who continue to live in poverty. Kilik Aristide grew up near the capital of Haiti, Port-au-Prince. His parents were heavily influenced by voodoo, and one relative was actually a voodoo priest. His first exposure to the gospel was at a vacation Bible school held by American missionaries. Soon after, he accepted Jesus and worked as a translator for missionaries, and then as an engineer for the Haitian Christian network, Radio Lumiere. To improve his skills, Keelick received further education at Letourneau University in Texas. Naomi grew up in a Christian home and met Keelick at a Christian youth camp. She later earned master's degrees in both French and school counseling. In 2009, the Aristides moved to Colorado, eventually becoming U.S. citizens with no thought of returning permanently to Haiti. But ironically, after hosting Vacation Bible School, where over 100 received Christ, they found themselves delayed in returning to the U.S. when widespread political protests shut down the airport and roads. Most of us would have interpreted that as a sign to stay out of Haiti. But the Aristides believe that was God's megaphone, calling them to return to Haiti as ongoing missionaries with Baptist World Mission. Their work is to make disciples and plant churches. Kilik and Naomi have a significant advantage over typical missionaries to Haiti. They know the culture and the languages, French and Haitian Creole. Today, you have an opportunity to support a unique family as they return to Haiti from their sending church, Grace Baptist in Parker, Colorado. We count on your prayers and support. So, 
in those vacation Bible school, in those uh, programs that missionaries held in my village, I uh, followed and uh, didn't surrender immediately. But uh, in my junior year in, in high school, that's when I, before I say that, let me tell you that I had a morbid fear of death because I saw members of my family, immediate members, uh, dying from mysterious causes. And someone said, there's a curse on your family, you know, from the voodoo gods. Uh, my, my grandmother was serving that, and I had that fear. And when I received Jesus as my savior, that fear was gone because I now knew where I was going after death. I was scripturally baptized in the Caribbean Ocean, you know, lots of water there, was baptized, and uh, I went on to meet my wife, meet her at, a, uh, at working at Vacation Bible School, where, you know, where you get saved, you go back. I, go, I went back and teach that. So we uh, did go to Texas, Longview, Texas, to receive our uh, um, edu education there, and went back to Haiti. And when it was time for us to come to the U.S., I stood at the U.S. consulate in Haiti, in line, and the goal was to come here and live the good life and retire here, you know? And we came here in 2009, no thought of going back to Haiti like the video said. My wife went to Haiti in 2017 to assist her sister who was having surgery. And she saw the needs for kids to be exposed to the gospel, to be introduced to the gospel, to turn their life to Jesus. So she went back in 2018, in 2017, and then she had Vacation Bible School. And by the way, my son is not here in this room because he's with the teens. I forgot about my son. <laughs> and then they, when they came back, after they, they had 40 kids saved, they told me, you should come with us next year. I said, nope, I'm not going. Big mistake to tell God no. <laughs> in 2018, I went, and we saw over 100 kids surrender their life, and adults surrender their lives to Jesus. And coming back, that's when they, the country was in chaos. We didn't know if we were going to make it to the airport to leave. In the midst of that, the, clear, the call was clear that we are not to go to Haiti and just preach the gospel. It's like hit and run, you know, hit and go hide in the El Dorado of Colorado. The Lord said, we need to go back and disciples, those disciples, those that are saved. So that's our calling. We came back and told our pastor in Parker, Colorado. We've been living there for 11 years. And they said, we are with you. They found Baptist World Mission, and then we have been on the road for a year. And we are already at 67%. In fact, let me show you quickly what those uh, Vacation Bible School look like and what the Lord has put on our heart to do. So if you have the PowerPoint, yes, this is it. So you can keep running, and I will talk over it. I know we don't have much time, so this is the reason we are going and to make disciples. The next slide will tell you a bit about the flag of Haiti. And then this is the map of Haiti. The red dot, that's where we'll be going. That's where my wife grew up in, in Lekai. And Jimmy Pierre, that you, whom you know, is, will be on, in the north side of the, of, the, of the country and will be in the south. And we're claiming the whole southern peninsula. We have big dreams. And there are 11 million in Haiti, and we have 80% uh, are women Catholics. But there is a syncretism. Um, both, a lot of people are voodoo at night and Catholic during the day. 
that you could be, can put your mind around that. So there are two languages in Haiti. 99% of Haitians speak Haitian Creole. So our ministry will be in Haitian Creole, and we will minister in French to the elite. These are some mountains in Haiti. Let's keep going. And we have some nice dirt roads when you come. <laughs> we will show you also some nice white sand beaches when you come to visit us. Beautiful pictures of Haiti, and this is the national flower. It is called the hibiscus, makes good tea. This is the, one of the um, construction that our ancestors built, because after they beat the Napoleon's army, the number one army in the world then, they expected them to come back to reclaim the island. So they built uh, structures like that, make sure we monitor the sea, make sure if they come back, they get their match. So how we got our call, we've been living in Colorado. For, since 2009, involved in our local church and involved in also some vacation Bible school in Haiti. And we've seen <clears throat> many kids saved, and that's why the Lord wants us to go back and continue the work and disciple them. These are the vacation Bible school, what they look like. This is at uh, my brother-in-law, my wife's brother in Haiti. We have 200 kids every day, and they are a joy to work with. We had some volunteers. This is uh, near the neighborhood where my wife grew up in Lekai. We had another vacation Bible school there. About 200 kids every day. And the next picture you're going to see is the third uh, vacation Bible school we did. That day, we were supposed to arrive at uh, 9 to start vacation Bible school. At 7 in the morning, the place is packed with kids and adults. You know, one way to reach the adults in Haiti is to invite their kids, and they are there with them. So we were about to call that day off because we couldn't find fuel to put in our vehicle. And then as, I, as, as I'm about to say, well, we have to cancel it. I'm calling my helper. And, you know, my wife looks at me, oh, you have little faith, you know, the way. And surely... The Lord provided a gentleman with a vehicle. He took us there. We arrived two hours after the scheduled time of 9 a.m., and the place was packed with kids waiting for us. That day, 40 kids came to the saving knowledge of Jesus in those vacation Bible school. That day we were going to cancel turned out to be a great harvest for the Lord. We have crafts with them, and then we teach them the Word of God. And also, we give them prizes. And the most cherished prize is the Word of God in their own language. So those who know how to read, when we talk to them, when we present the gospel to them, make sure they understand they receive a Bible in their own language. So that is such a joy. Here is one of those counseling sessions. After the presentation, I pulled the boys, and my wife pulled the girls, and then we make sure they understand the plan of salvation. They are understand that they are sinners. We are sinners, and Jesus died for our sins. So the next slide is about, you know, food, we give, because most of the kids come with an empty stomach. So we give them a, a, so, some breakfast and also lunch, and then we send them home. Every day, that's the way it happened. And they love soccer. In Haiti, there is no other sport but soccer. <laughs> and also, the most cherished prize, the next slide you will see, is the Word of God in their own language. So... My wife also has those sessions with ladies this, uh, in 2019 when we went. We didn't go this year because of COVID and also because we wanted to hasten our deputation so we can go back yesterday. So she, we didn't go this year, but last year, 2019, she had those sessions, and the topic was the potter and the clay, and it was a joy to see those ladies when they realized they have value. 
in the eyes of the Savior. So this uh, three-quarter of the way to Okai from port prince we broke down, our truck broke down last year, and we gave the gospel because we, it happened uh, near a place where people come to get water in the village and do their laundry, and we gave the gospel. This young lady became a believer in Jesus Christ and two other ones. That was the most joyful breakdown you could ever have. You break down and then people get saved. What can you ask? So we had that. So we thank God. So we have those sessions with those uh, people who come to help us. We train them and we are CEF trained. Haiti is a very young population. Life expectancy in Haiti is 55 years old. So our focus will be on the young people. We'll go in the school. The schools are open. You know, the, 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 someone said, you know, um, make hay while the sun shines, right? We don't know when the doors will, will close in Haiti. Someone we, we were at a mission conference with last year said, uh, the last week said, oh, China was open. China used to be open. Now it's closing to missionaries. We don't know when Haiti will close. Some, you know, people say, well, give them education. Educate the Asian people. Yes, you can educate, but they need Jesus. Jesus is the number one need. Let me tell you, Francois Duvalier, Papa Doc, he was one of the students at the University of Michigan. So he got the training. He knew what to do. But he turned out, like many Haitian leaders, to be monsters because Jesus is who we need. Education is secondary to the saving knowledge of Jesus. So we want to educate Haitians, but we want to give them the, the, the Bible. We want to give them the truth. Someone said, in the way to a children's heart, the first one there wins especially when you go there with the word of God, the truth. So that's the reason. This is the reason we are going back. The Lord, we are constrained by the calling of the Lord. And the harvest is plenty. We can go to the public schools. They are open. I don't know how long it will remain open. So what's the problem in Haiti? People say, why do we always have to help Haiti? Corruption is the problem. Poverty is the problem. People have trusted the government like every, everywhere else, and government has failed them. We are giving them Jesus, who will never fail them. That's our call. That's what we are called to do and to train people. This is the solution for everywhere. It's a solution for here as well. But it's, it is, Jesus is so needed in Haiti. So our ministry focus is plant churches, evangelism, continue, discipleship, and the train leaders. So our strategy will be to, be to plant churches, start vacation, uh, Bible clubs in public school. We, they are open to us, and we'll be doing discipleship programs and provide solid Bible teaching. So we have some praises. Please praise God for those salvation that happened in Haiti. Praise God for his calling on our lives. We were, you know, I wanted to retire here and have the good life. When you call 911 here, the police answer. They come. We have law and order here. We have no law and order in Haiti. So please pray for Haiti and also pray for more churches to be open to our effort to raise our support so we can be in Haiti. Pray also for Nate, our son. He's in 11th grade. He is being homeschooled on the road. You know how easy that is, right? So please pray for him, for patience, and for that he would stay focused. We are at 67% now. Contrary to what the slide, we need to update the slide, 67% in one year. That's a great miracle. We thank God for that. So keep praying for us, please.
Well, thank you for taking the time to watch these videos, to hear what God's doing through these families. We thank you for just your care. Please keep them and Grace Church in your prayer as far as the gospel goes forward. We hear the verses often, go make disciples. You hear that often here, go make disciples. When we see these missions videos, some of the same themes over and over and over again, and, and it almost becomes white noise, but it's not because those are our marching orders. That's why we're here on the planet. As children of, the God, of, children of God, as far as um, our responsibility here is to give God glory by seeing the gospel go forward. I hope we don't ever get tired of hearing that. Um, I hope we don't get comfortable with just doing what we do, but that we continue to grow in this way. So please keep these families in your prayer and keep our own church family in prayer, reaching our Jerusalem. Let's pray. God, thanks for our time. Thank you for um, the ministry of these men and women. As we go forward from here, bring to us who you would have us share the gospel to in our own families, in our own neighborhoods. God, give us courage. Give us open eyes to see the opportunity. More than just praying for the opportunity, God, may we take advantage of what you've already given us. We thank you again for this time. We love you in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you. Have a good week. Please pray for us. We will pray for you. We'll see you soon.